amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello and welcome another edition of the Shuttlesworth Initiative podcast. We've been gone for a while, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Uh, I am your host, Jay Christian, along with my co-host, Chris Green, uh, delivering you the news around pop culture, basketball, and everything in between. Chris, long time no see, brother. It's so good to be back, Jay. You have no idea. (laughs) We're going to fire on all cylinders. There we go. There we go. We had to, uh, to our faithful listeners, all six of you, when we first got this started, uh, <laughs> we put the, put the car in the garage for a little while, uh, had some personal things going on. Uh, Chris, I don't think I'm talking out of school. Chris is now engaged. So ladies, sorry if you were listening on the podcast. Uh, he's a kept man now. Um, yes, Chris, sorry to break all plans? of those hearts. Um, <laughs> all the hearts are broken around the world. That's the sound you hear. The planning is going good. The date's actually March 9th of next year. So sure. I'm going to say it's early, early of the, the planning stages, but you know, I just have to show up and say I do. That's pretty much what everyone's told me. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's uh, accurate, sadly. But yeah. uh, <laughs> in any event, uh, the Shellsworth Initiative podcast is brought to you by the OTG family of pods. Uh, doing basketball podcasts better than anyone's doing anything. Uh, check us out on Blog Talk Radio. You can check out the site, otgbasketball.com. Uh, follow me at jchris206 on Twitter. And uh, Chris, why don't you give the people your Twitter, ha- Twitter handle so they yeah, can follow you. Yeah, it's Gotham well. underscore city 2355. Yes, Batman Stan indeed, through and through. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so when we last left, we were trying to sort out the bodies uh, of the NBA season. It was a grueling time. I think we're just after all-star break, and we're trying to figure out what OKC could be, what Houston could be, what about Boston, what's Philly looking like. And here we stand in the conference finals, and it looks like we're shaping towards what probably everyone predicted, perhaps, which is uh, potentially uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors Part 4. But... A wrinkle has been thrown into that, by the way, of Boston Celtics without Kyrie or Gordon Hayward. And uh, on the Western Conference side, the gritty, gutty Houston Rockets. Uh, since the game last game five last night in Boston, we'll start there. Chris, what are your thoughts? So this is probably the matchup everyone expected once the Kyrie trade happened. And then I think it kind of got quelled a little bit when we saw Philly kind of explode up and then uh, Kyrie got hurt and was listed out of the playoffs. So it's been a little surprise now to me that Boston has, has done so well getting to this point, let alone giving the Cavaliers troubles. But um, really the game last night is an echo of how well Boston plays at home versus how well Cleveland doesn't play whenever they're away from home. <laughs> um, 
it's amazing to me though that the conversation is more about LeBron not playing well. It, it's got to be the only time in history someone can be 26, 10, and five on 50% shooting, and everyone can visually see that something's wrong or that he's tired. I mean, he, he spoiled us so much giving us these 40 point trips, and uh, that now that these 26, 10, and five games are just not enough, it's it's pretty baffling. Yeah, I thought last night was the first time. I mean, I just know just by I don't I mean, I, I don't know, but I think we assume as fans and people that follow the game um, that he's just got a lot of miles on him for deep runs every year in the playoffs. But last night in game five was the first time that I really thought, man, he just looks gas. Now, I know um, this year he played all 82 and looked just phenomenal in the playoffs at times. Right. Um, but and, and so he picks and chooses his spots, right? Um, well, isn't it but, a credit too that he's real? We have not. We we sort of expect LeBron to kind of at some point, especially plateau, and then maybe go down the other side of the hill. But because we haven't seen it, I think everyone's just kind of jumping on the oh, this is the moment when it happens, or oh, tonight's the moment when we finally see the decline. I, I think it's a credit to LeBron. He hasn't shown us this before, so it's more confusing than, than really anything else for me. Yeah, I agree. And I think, well, so I guess there are two, I guess I'll go with two, uh, maybe three narratives coming out of this series. Right. We'll go first uh, with the obvious hottest sports takey talking point of them all. Is this series over? Is Boston able to get one of the next two games and go on to the NBA Finals? Yeah, so I, obviously as a LeBron stan, I, I'd like Cleveland to get there, even though I admit they're going to lose to they have a better shot against Houston than they would Golden State, but I, they'd still be underdogs in Houston. Uh, I, I think Boston is going to end up going to the finals simply because no matter what LeBron does, and I think we we were shown this in game two, he can have an incredible game. And Boston at home, for whatever reason, can um, take that incredible game and still win. Uh, it's I can't see the role players on Cleveland really stepping up and giving LeBron the effort that he needs on top of LeBron having to have 40 points to even get them in the game. Uh, right. So uh, long story short, I, I, yeah, I do think Boston is going to pull it out. I don't think they win in Cleveland, uh, but LeBron's going to have an epic game six sure. or an epic game seven like we've seen, and the J.R. Smiths of the world will fall flat. Does he have seven, an epic – but does he have an epic game seven though? Does he have that was kind of my my next question. Does he have the LeBron? What was that in Miami when he has the game six that got them in the series? Um, when he just had, I guess, one of his arguably one of his best games ever as a pro. So, so you're does asking he, if he has the jersey removal game, right? Exactly. Or does he have yeah. the jersey removal game? Um, I mean, everyone will speculate if he does have that game that he's gone, but I think everyone's. <laughs> speculates that regardless of what happens, he's gone. So it's a little precarious scenario. Um, I I also don't think he's going to be in Cleveland next year. So I don't know. It's one of those weird things where maybe LeBron, I I saw a take the other day where LeBron subconsciously realizes that he's not going to win in the finals and that maybe he would like some extra time off. It's a weird take to have because you expect, you know, athletes to want to compete at the highest, blah, 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 blah. But, um, uh, I could see him have a good game seven, but epic to us when it comes to LeBron is every time almost. I mean, what is a good game for LeBron? Like I said last night, 26, 10, and five, we consider a horrible game for LeBron. So what would an epic game seven look like? I mean, maybe you'd have to have 50 points, but um, I just don't see them coming out of it regardless of what LeBron does. 
I will just note that Michael Jordan never had to go seven against Boston in the eighties. That's true, but but uh, as I've seen multiple <laughs> memes go around, uh, everyone points out that Jordan got to play against uh, uh, off-season dentists and left-handed <laughs> construction workers and <laughs> whatever a left-handed construction worker means. That's just the memes I've seen. So. I, sidebar: Why does that have any handicap on what he does? <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Why is it worse? You know, I, I saw it and I was like, oh, maybe that is worse. And I thought, why is a left-handed construction worker worse? That couldn't be worse. <laughs> like, what is the issue with left-handed construction workers, right? Yeah, that's I don't know. Really... Although I have swung a hammer left-handed and it is worse. So it is. Yeah, there you uh, go. Whatever that's worth. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so, and that kind of jumps into the next pool, I guess, sort of the last sort of bow on um, on on this Eastern Conference series. And the one, the question you sort of alluded to that everyone, I think, cares about in the basketball universe um, is what LeBron does next season. I mean, uh, like you said, yes, you want, you know, you want your athletes to compete and oh, you're not looking ahead and you're in the moment, et cetera, et cetera, sports plateau. But at the same time, I would argue, and I think you would agree and most fans would that the same guy that can sit on the podium and recall play by play the fourth quarter can do the math yeah. on what his franchise looks like going forward and you know, even if he hadn't decided, which could be could be true, maybe he hadn't really decided, but he's at least thought about it because he's human uh, about where he is next year. Um, you think he's gone? I think he's gone. Although I could present something to you interesting here in a second about him staying. But let's go. Let's take it first, um, one step well, at a time. Yeah, the off season isn't going to all of a sudden make Rodney Hood a viable starter for Cleveland. Uh, sure, he already knows what this team is at its best. Uh, should they make some? tweaks in the offseason maybe that makes the team better sure but uh you have to really present lebron with a, a viable option for him to really see number one being able to stay and maybe he doesn't want his role for the now later later fourth quarter of his career uh to be what it is currently in cleveland he needs to maybe you know eventually we're going to have it to where lebron isn't the best player on his own team now what that looks like whether he's still you know dominant facilitator and there's a maybe a better score on the team i don't know but eventually that's going to happen and i don't see cleveland bringing in someone where that transition is going to happen clearly kevin love wasn't that answer um right everything really got foiled when Kyrie decided to leave um, I think LeBron. I think LeBron really did have plans to stay in Cleveland. Had had Kyrie, who has still had two years on his deal, uh, decide to stay around. So um, I've also though seen the negatives to maybe everyone screaming Philly. That would kind of hinder Ben Simmons' development. Um, I, I would say Paul George is a better fit in Philly uh, at the max than LeBron would be. Uh, LeBron to Houston, does that necessarily look good next to CP3 and Harden, who are both also facilitators? I, I don't know, but um, Cleveland just seems like the, the least of the options now for me. Yeah, I'd say, so the thing I was thinking of, um, two things. One, I think that um, folks have so, uh, sort of overthought this in a way that um, LA makes sense, right? I think LeBron is actually um, sort of content where he is in basketball lore. I think he sort of knows where his place is in the history books. Um, and I think he's actually reached a level of peace on that. I think deep down, he probably knows he's not going to get six, but I think he thinks if I can get one more in the bag, then the conversation gets more interesting between he and Jordan uh, for the people that, you know, still care about that kind of stuff. Right. Um 
So I think overthinking, I think the Lakers make sense. And I saw an article, uh, gosh, and I forget who wrote it, but it was something that I just never thought about, which is probably why I'm not a GM. But it was uh, from the fan side site for the Lakers, or for LA anyway. And it was arguing that the Lakers need to sign and trade LeBron, a la Cleveland, Miami in 2010, um, to make that deal happen rather than sign him as a free agent. So the argument was sign and trade LeBron because – Cleveland is going to be over a barrel. Like you don't want to lose him again for nothing. So the Lakers can package. I know they said, you know, no one's untouchable. Uh, they recently came out and said that, which as the article points out is totally a signal to LeBron's camp. Like if you need to tell us who to move and we will move them to get you here. Well, but so, who, but he has a player option, right? Why would he have to agree to a sign and trade? So I'll tell you why. So if he okay. goes a few package, I'm, I'm getting there. So if you go Brandon Ingram, <laughs> maybe some picks uh, and then get that dead Luau Deng money off your books. If you're the Lakers, you send that nice little package to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have future draft picks. They have the eighth pick in this year's draft, Brandon Ingram, who's a budding star. I think, uh, I think the jury's still out, but he's still got a lot of potential and it's, and it's not nothing, right. If you're going full on rebuild mode for LeBron's sake and for his own sort of um, self-interest, he is done via sign and trade. You still have your, cap money to go get Paul George and maybe even in that other superstar. So you're actually able to bring three over with Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, um, LeBron, Paul George, and maybe one other guy. Uh, the article didn't mention this, but I thought perhaps maybe you say someone like a Boogie Cousins. So you don't have to max him out like you normally would have had he not got hurt. So you say, we'll give you a good deal, maybe a short-term deal, let you sort of play your way back into free agency over the next two seasons maybe. And it's you, Paul George, LeBron, some of the young pieces that you still have for Ingram and a, and a nice little care package to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And so that was the thinking there. You sign and trade LeBron. That way you don't touch that you know, $60, $61 million in cap space. You can max out Paul George, the L.A. kid, and then you can go after one more piece. You could probably get a bit of a discount on Boogie because he's coming off an injury. Uh, and then you have your sort of super team going up against uh, the Golden State Warriors in the West. Well, if you're LeBron, though, do you want to get rid of Brandon Ingram, knowing that you could just sign as a free agent and keep Brandon Ingram? For Paul George, yes. And for the opportunity to get Paul George plus one, yes. Because if you're telling me, if I'm LeBron, who knows? But, uh, you know, I'm not one of those people, for instance, that said, oh, look how great the Pelicans are without Boogie. That's stupid. Stop. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, if I'm LeBron. Although, like, I, although I am a proponent where Boogie Cousins can't be your best player on your team and win championship. Well, if he's on the Lakers with Paul George and LeBron James, he is not. Like, he's already been right. third. Best. Correct. Okay. Okay. We're there. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so if I'm LeBron, I say, and it, maybe it's not Boogie. This is the first free agent that, that you know. Yeah, no, that one made sense. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, you need another three and D guy. So if you get, is there another premium guy out there? I can't think of one off the top of my head. Good free agency. Excuse me. Um, we'll have to, Hey, go to OTG basketball, check the free agency tracker. There's a plug right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, so if I'm LeBron to your question, if you give me an, un, like kids don't help me right now, if I'm LeBron, that's kind of why right. I don't think the Philly thing works in a way. There's Simmons growth and he looked like a stud and B's going to be a stud, but I'm not there right now. I'm at a team constructed like Houston. I need vets, right? I'm going. Well, so kind the of how LeBron... ball angle doesn't bother you? Oh shit, no, not if I'm LeBron. I mean, I will have. I would. I mean, I was. If you're petty, LeBron, LeBron, you throw in Lonzo with Brandon Ingram. Lonzo, just to show who you know, 
you know, let LeVar know, you know, how the cow chewed the cabbage, right? I mean, right, right, right. <laughs> but I mean, Lonzo's good and he's, he's a, you know, LeBron and we haven't, and this is something else. We haven't really seen LeBron as just like a three, right? Like not, and even I'll go one better. So I tried to make this argument and I'm all over the place, but this is fascinating to me. So we haven't seen LeBron. I was going to say is like the true three where he's not the facilitator and I got to do everything. Right. Thought he had it with Kyrie. Turns out Kyrie is like, as Bomani Jones always says, I think the best one-on-one player in basketball, the best 21 player. So right, right. not really yeah. that same facilitator, but Lonzo is. Lonzo is a true, let me get my guys going. I had 17 assists tonight. He's that guy. And so LeBron can go to that sort of traditional small forward role. And I started to say that, but then I thought, I'll go you one better. Paul George is the three. LeBron goes Draymond style four. So imagine Draymond, but one of the all-time greats at the four. Yeah, that, right? that makes more sense, right? Okay. And then you, I mean, and, and then you got Boogie or whoever else at the at the five. And so that, then you're working with something. You're cooking with grease there a little bit, I think. Well, I think what really benefits Golden State, having Draymond play that role, obviously LeBron can do what Draymond does exponentially better as far as bringing the ball up the court. But, that, but the point guard for Golden State, Steph, is also a best shooter in the world. So where where does that fit for in those scenarios where they do maybe run a, a point forward type scenario? Alonzo would just have to become a better shooter for that scenario to be better. I think that's why LeBron has always never been the prototypical three, obviously other than being probably a better point guard than whoever point guard he's on the floor with. But also he, he needs shooters around him, in other words, and otherwise to – to maximize what LeBron can bring. Otherwise, you've got two relatively non-shooters on the court. Right. And I wonder, and that's the other thing too, and and this is, and I'm totally swaggerjacking from this article, but a note that it said was um, just in terms of uh, people wanting to play with LeBron, right? So sort of the warrior effect, right? So you got guys right. taking less money, you know, kind of maybe not guys that are totally on the back nine, I think, of, the, of their careers. I think that's kind of what happened in Cleveland. They got guys... It's like, well, that's way yes. too much money for that dude, yep. <laughs> right? But if you can bargain bin shop a little bit and and get some guys that are, you know, like a Kyle Korver, you know, maybe a little younger. Some, so like Reddick, for instance. Yeah, Reddick. Like, okay. If you could get the money uh, and get Reddick to say, hey, and maybe Reddick wants to stay in the East and, you know, do what he can with uh, with Philly. But is someone like a Reddick, like to, to address your shooting, because LeBron does need shooters at this point forward, because they're going with, with Luke Walton – and the Lakers, they're definitely going sort of, you know, Warriors model, right? So you get the, you need the right. shooters in those spots. LeBron's game is most effective when he can drive, distribute, and kick. I think Lonzo is the same way. Um, infinitely more shots for Paul George, I think. I saw Boogie's on YouTube uh, or on Snap working on his three, yep. <laughs> but still a monster, you know, on the block. So, yep. uh, you know, I'll move to Southern California, man. We'll do the uh, the Laker index, sort of like the Heat well, index. Well, what does right? that bench look like then? Because you need a bench to succeed, as as a, the OKC model showed us, you got to have more than your starters. So, what does that right. Laker bench look like then? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, because look, was... look at those Miami teams. Their their bench, while being older, you still had a very viable bench uh, for those championship Miami teams. Um, sure. And I think that's another thing that Cleveland lacks. Even though everyone thought they got younger and more athletic in this trade. And you clearly see that the tradable players aren't really even getting playing time at this moment. Um, 
yeah, they lack a bench. So I don't know what they would do. I, I guess all super teams probably have that issue. Uh, you spend the money on the front end and what do you have on the bench? But I, I just don't know what that Laker bench looks like. And, and if, if you just look on paper, does LeBron, Paul George, and DeMarcus Cousins, does that look like a championship roster to you? You know what? Maybe. Depends on how they fill out the rest of the team. So, so yes, the rest of the roster maybe. Because I've said this, and I've said this, no one's listening, but I've often thought this. The There was someone, like the player ranking came out the other day, and they had Kawhi Leonard 10th or something like that right. or something ridiculous. And I tweeted – he needs to be higher for this reason as much. And we'll talk about this in a second, but as much as the Warriors, you know, Steph is shimmying and Durant doesn't give a crap. And Draymond's just dog cussing the referees and they just have so much swagger on the court. There are very few people to find that list of people that make the Warriors button up their shirt straight and, and, you know, get serious and, and play, yeah. right. They don't. And LeBron, uh, LeBron, James, uh, LeBron is one of them and Kawhi. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so that's why I said Kawhi needs to be higher on that list. So that's why I say like, so I say all that to say if LeBron has help, because I mean, yes, they got decimated in the finals, but I, last year, but I mean, if that team doesn't have Kevin Durant, I mean, I wonder how that finals goes, but, and, or if they had Kyrie in that first matchup, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But LeBron has never really, and I know people, LeBron always had help. What are you guys talking about? But he's never had what Steph's had. He's never had what KD's had in these matchups. Right. So, if, and I'm not sure that Paul George. To your original question, I'm not sure if Paul George and Boogie Cousins are those things necessarily. Well, so why why doesn't LeBron go to go try to team up with Kawhi? Does that make sense on a buttoned up the Warriors approach? Yes, but where are these two players? So so then in that scenario, I'm I'm assuming that Philly is the only play. Well, no, I guess LA would work too, right? If you did the the same thing I said with the LeBron scenario, but you do that with Kawhi, right. you go to the Spurs and say, "Look, he's leaving next year anyway, uh, or he's going to leave next year." But Kawhi's team would have to push that out there, right? Not the Lakers, obviously. And then you do the the trade, same type deal for the for the Spurs. Kawhi goes to LA. You got the cap room for Kawhi, LeBron, Paul George. Yeah, that that is the one that's left out. The boogie scenario works because you wouldn't have to max deal him coming off the injury. Right, exactly. So maybe that right. scenario gets skewed a little bit if you try to go the other direction with Kawhi. And you, then you have a team with three threes. Right. I mean, that's I, fine. On, I, mean, I, that's I guess they all sort of Right, you're right. Because you yeah, you're switching everything, right? Off Clay, off right. Kevin Durant, and, uh, and Steph and Draymond, right? So uh, or, or are you saying or were you thinking Philly goes after Kawhi and LeBron? Or see, I, yeah, I see. I see Philly for sure going, trying to do something with Kawhi. I, they have pieces as far as draft picks, but Boston also does. I could see Boston going hard after Kawhi. Uh, their scenario would be similar. They would have Hayward, and uh, they have the most threes in history on the team as far as threes being viable. Right. Um, Boston will look way different in a couple of years anyway, just because of the, the, the cap room uh, that they're going to have to run into, but. Um, I, I could see a scenario where I, I guess my question was if Kawhi and LeBron are those two top figures as far as worrying the Warriors, it would make sense that maybe they would try to team up, even if sure. I don't know if their skill set complements each other or not. 
I think you it, it's it hard out. for me to look at Kawhi as a scorer. It, it's weird for me because he came in as a defensive player first and then learned how to score. So I don't think of him as a scorer in the same breath I do Paul George, even though Kawhi is as good a scorer as Paul George. So it's like more of a mental block, I think, that I have giving Kawhi the proper respect offensively. <laughs> You're just not respecting his offensive game. That's yeah, just... it's weird. And I see him hit threes, and I'm just like, how is he making that? But he makes them. Okay, so of the free agents, let's uh, let's forget – beating the warrior well i guess that's the ultimate question at the end of the day but so where what imagination of the things we've discussed would you like to see the most is it lebron the lakers i, I don't like rooting for the lakers many i mean that's really just more of a hate for toby bryant that i have sure um but i could see that scenario happening uh because I mean, unless LeBron really looks at state tax and doesn't want to pay California state tax. Uh, but I could see that scenario happening probably uh, number one on the list. I think it's a far it, – it's it's a long shot for him to go to San Antonio. I don't see that happening. Uh, it's a long shot for him to go to Miami. I've heard that kind of brought up, which makes no sense to me. Um, and I think it's a long shot to go to New York. So the, the two teams really that I put up there are, is either L.A. or Philly that I could see happening. Or, or Cleveland. Those it's just those three teams. Right. It's a little weird to say since LeBron came back to Cleveland that it was a foregone conclusion that oh he's gonna end up leaving again. But I mean here we are. But that's very bizarre. And everyone acts like LeBron all he does is switch teams. He's only played for two teams at this moment. Right. Right. But yeah, I, I would say LA's number one. Okay. Yeah, I think I think so too. Um Philly is interesting to me, but I think the the um, I, I want to see the LA bet pay off big, right? I think, um, um, and this is sort of, I think in the last year, LA sort of tried to do a little Philly Philadelphia West in the sense, right? Like Philly, the plan. I think if you ever talked to Sam Hinkie, the plan was always to develop these assets slash have tradable pieces. Same thing with Boston, right? So right. I think LA, I think LA fans sort of reside themselves to the fact like, oh, we're in rebuild mode. No, if you can get LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard tomorrow, you trade Brandon Ingram so fast, like you make sure oh, yeah. Yeah. he gets a first flat seat to San Antonio, Texas, as soon as you can, right? Like right. It, 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 and I always. Well, but what like, kind of assurances would you have to have in order to do that deal? Um, I, I think LeBron was the was LeBron the final piece in the Miami scenario. I think that Chris Bosh trade happened first, and then LeBron came after. So what right. kind of assurances would you need to have in order to make sure? I mean, Le, would LeBron have to backdoor and tell you for sure I'm coming? I mean, ha, it doesn't seem like LeBron has worked that way. He wants you to make sure it's set up for him, and then he comes in. Right. Uh, well, I would like to think that between uh, LeBron and maybe Magic Johnson, that I think he <laughs> put it this way. I think he'd be a little more forward with Magic Johnson than he was with Pat Riley. I mean, Pat Riley, they, the Heat were sitting on deals, and LeBron's like, "Yeah, I'll let you know." <laughs> yeah, maybe Magic would have to show up to LeBron's house rather than text. Stay away from the texting. <laughs> oh man, just, I cannot. I, I how, love, how I bad do, love do you some... feel if you're OKC? Because you're going to lose Paul George. Okay, and you're stuck with Mello's contract for a year. <laughs> like you, you're the maddest you've ever been. I, I just saw yesterday Mello saw an Instagram post where it said Kyle Korver actually has had a better career than Mello. Yeah, and, 
and Melo took exception to it, as most people would have exception to that. But he, he doesn't want to come off the bench, and you're OKC thinking that you just did a win-now type scenario for Westbrook, and man, you are in a terrible position for this next season. Uh, yeah, man, it's uh, <laughs> I was laughing because I was thinking of that exit interview, and Melo's basically like, I'm not coming off the bench. And <laughs> yeah. I, I was talking to somebody. That that is like someone he's confused who knows- by the offer that he would come off the bench. Like he's perplexed that he's up on the podium, and that's the question that gets asked. Well, that's where it is. That's that's also that's a guy that's very, that's opting in to that twenty eight million dollars. So that's a guy that's like, I'll oh, be here. One hundred percent. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> he's 100%. like, I'll be here starting. Yeah. So <laughs> good luck with that. that yeah, but maybe it'll be nothing but hooded mellow uh, videos all summer. Who knows, though? Like, maybe with Paul Jordan, maybe it was just one of those things where it was just one too many guys. Like, sometimes it comes together and sometimes it doesn't. Maybe I think it's really the decline of Carmelo Anthony. Like, he he is not suited for the third fiddle role. He is suited to be on a bad team where he's the best player. And that's where we're we're used to seeing him for a number of years since he left Denver. But – so, but a team with Westbrook, Roberson, Mello, Patrick Patterson, and Stephen Adams. The, the the best, the best, but see, the best Westbrook version team is where he's on a team surrounded by shooters where he can be the best player outright. Right. Maybe there's another, if you don't make it work with Kevin Durant, who are you bringing in that you're going to make it work with? Like Paul George is not Kevin Durant. Even if you bring in a version of Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, that's not Kevin Durant. Right. So uh, it didn't work with Durant and a young James Harden and a young Jeff Green. It just doesn't work. So I I think the best version of Westbrook is just shooters around. So I don't know what that looks like in the future, but I've always made the argument Westbrook can't be your best player if you're going to win championship. It doesn't work that way. Well, when's the last time your best player was the point guard? Ooh, and was, you won a championship. Uh, and oh, yeah. I argue LeBron was the point guard. But see, um, uh, and you won a chip. I mean, probably Magic. I mean, I get, yeah. Chauncey Billups, Detroit, if you want to take him. I mean, it does, oh, it's very rare on, that that happens. If I'm picking on that Detroit team, if you let me pick off that team, I'm taking Rasheed Wallace first. He's your number one pick? Oh, easily. For me, yeah. Yes. Like, Rashard Lewis – or Rashard. Rashad Lewis uh, – what, what am I talking about Rashad Lewis for? Rashid Wallace. Jesus Christ. Uh, I, was like, I was like, that does not sound right. Rashid Wallace, who I think coming out of Philly in Kobe's class, they're one and two in Philadelphia, I think, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, as kids. Like, he made the decision early on, I think, in his career, or not early on, but at some point that, you know, basically, just personality-wise, he didn't want to be Kevin Garnett or Tim Duncan. Certainly had the tools to. They could shoot it, could play. I mean, talk about stretch four. Um, as good yeah. as Durant, as good as uh, Garnett and Duncan are or were, uh, Rashid was right there in terms of talent. And you can't convince me otherwise. He's the but better I, shooter out of the three of them for sure. Oh, easily. And yeah. I think he just decided, hey, I just like being part of the team, like being this glue guy. Like he made a conscious choice to not sort of be the the sort of you know twenty, even though he was yeah, a twenty. He, yeah, he was never the number one player on any of his teams. He was totally cool with that. Uh, right. But if you let me pick off that team, I'm taking Rasheed Wells for sure. Okay. But anyways, I see your point with County Bill. Yeah. Um, okay. So we spent a lot of time East Coast, uh, LeBron James, but we've also talked a little bit about LA, which of course is in the Western Conference. Uh, game five tonight, uh, recap of game four. 
the Warriors jumped out early on the Houston Rockets. Things were looking bleak, like real fast. I was already on the trade machine figuring out next season <laughs> because I was like, oh man, this is just, we were wetting the bed here. Uh, but Houston showed some, some Texas grit, man. They fought back. They battled. Uh, James Harden caught uh, Draymond slipping one time and got him for oh, one. Good, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Paul had this ridiculous bounce pass that no coach would ever tell his player to throw <laughs> across. Yeah, the corner that's, to- that's, that's the bowler in him for sure. <laughs> right. Uh, but in any event, the um, Steph had a hot third quarter again in game four, but the Rockets eked it out. They battled and won at Oracle for the first time, gosh, in forever, I think. Uh, and uh, the series is now tied 2-2. Two two. They're back in Toyota Center tonight. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on Game 4, and what do you expect from Game 5? Well, nothing makes me happier as a Warrior hater than to see Steph shimmy and then go one for 11. It's <laughs> like the greatest feeling that I've ever had as a basketball fan watching. Uh, Durant's, you know, it, it amazes me We, we to go – Harking back on LeBron, we give him so much flack because he's not "quote unquote" Jordan uh, to some people, but Durant gets a pass for passing it to Clay on the short corner. Sure, uh, Durant gets a pass for going one for five. Uh, Steph gets a pass for going one for eleven. I mean, it's 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 very bizarre. Uh, all these passes given around to the Warriors whenever they slip up and make a mistake, and maybe that's just because we expect them to win, and it's a surprise if they don't. But it was one of those big games to me. Like uh, the Warriors seem to be in hand. And then they would kind of turn the ball over willy-nilly. And then the Rockets would suddenly be up seven. And then you'd uh, look, and then all of a sudden the Warriors are back up five. And so it felt comfortable again. So it was just a very bizarre game as far as flow goes. I I saw where it was like double-digit plus-minus for uh, each team offsetting each quarter. So it was, you know, obviously plus-double-digit Warriors in the first, plus-double-digit Rockets second third Warriors, and then fourth Rockets. So it's a very weird flow game. Yeah. Um, as far as game five goes, um, it, it's hard for me to say. You feel good because they're in Houston, number one. Right. Um, but, man, if you look back, and she said that, you know, after game five, Houston would be up 3-2, you would say, wow, they must be just shooting the lights out because that's right. really the only scenario we saw. They would have to shoot the lights out from three. Uh, but maybe that's not the case. Uh, if they can just continue to have these nights where, you know, Durant goes nine for 24 or whatnot, and he was off from the very beginning. Um, CP3, for whatever reason, really bothers him. And a physical tucker, I mean, those are like the perfect matchups for Durant to where he's having to hit these, you know, 20-footers fadeaway that are just incredible shots. But more times than not, he's not going to make them. So if I had to put a percentage on tonight's game, I would still probably lean towards the Warriors, but it's really just out of respect because I can't imagine them losing. Uh, but the Rockets certainly have the momentum. So yeah, I think that's, that's right. Yeah, um, I uh, and and I think also and obviously Clay and, and Iggy are both still banged up for the Warriors. Um, so yeah, I don't know if Iggy's playing tonight, and that and you really could tell a difference. I mean, Nick Young looked like he's never played basketball before. <laughs> I, I don't know how he got. I mean, he played twelve minutes, but it was like maybe he was designed to have more minutes than that. But he I mean, he was terrible. And he'd come down. Dur- Durant hit two big shots to kind of get him in flow, and then Nick Young came up and shot a three that hit barely any rim and all backward. I just also like to point out here for all the Warrior fans, because I too am an avowed Warrior hater, Andre Iguodala, um, 
finals MVP for holding air quotes LeBron to, I think, a triple double in that series. So uh, that's a discussion for another day. But alas, uh, everything you say is right, man. I think it's weird because the Warriors, like they're so talented and they're so good that a lot of their blemishes get covered up, right? So for instance, like turnovers, they have a lot of careless turnovers. You know, it's like a characteristic of this team. For a team so good, like they they turn it over a lot just in terms of, oh man, I tried to throw it behind my back or oh, I tried to zip one pass. Yeah, so it was like beginning of the game, and I think they were up nine or no, it was 7 0 before they got to 12 0. It's 7 0, and Draymond comes up, and it's because he decides to, while dribbling with his left hand, to then throw the one handed left handed pass. It just goes out of bounds because he didn't want to throw a two handed pass. And right. they just sort of shrug it off because they know they can come down and hit a three later. But those really add up. I mean, right. you make a bucket no, there and two more points. No, I agree. And that's that's funny because they do like, you know, people, oh, the worst. How can any man born of woman stop them? It's like, well, I just, you know, it's like they do have flaws, but they're just really good. Um, right. To your point, I do like that D'Antoni and the Rockets stay with the game plan, right? I mean, they're like, hey, and this is what I, something I tweeted the other day after that just shellacking in game three. Look, the only score that matters is two one now. You got to come back and respond. Right. Whether you by fifty now, you got to you know take the roast on social media. That's just the rules. But you know whether the Warriors won by one or by a hundred, like it's just a game. Well, and they did come- withstand that third quarter run by Steph. They Steph did had another third quarter run, but uh, their their defense on Steph for the most part is pretty good. It's a good. It's a good. Uh, um, it's a good ideology, I guess. You. You switch all screens, you make sure you go over the top, and just run him off the line. Let's see right. what he does inside three-point line. He still had 25 or whatever, right? or maybe he had 30. It was the first game since October of last year where he had at least 25 and they lost. So I think that does that's, that counts for something. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I saw a tweet. Someone said, I can't believe this in this series, the Warriors have won two games and Steph has been hurt two games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did start saying the, oh, well, Steph's not his full self because he is still hurt. And I'm just like, holy shit. How many times can a guy get the injury listing when they lose? I've never seen that before ever. It's like Steph's hurt when today? No, in November. It's like, oh, oh, I thought yeah, he was hurt back then. And remember, he was still hurt, so he's still hurt now. He's just like, I, come on. And I don't, and you know, anybody listening that is a Warriors fan, yeah, I just hate the Warriors. So here's my thing, and I will rant on this just for two minutes. But it's like, first of all, if you check social media, most of the time there's a there's a growing swell of in the LeBron in LeBron stand land where people say, Oh, LeBron, I thought the guy basically people accuse us stands for LeBron of saying that he does have help. And he doesn't have help. Like right. little boy, like Kevin Love had a 20 and 10 game. I thought he didn't have any help. What's the matter? LeBron's like, right. really? That's what you're hanging it on. That's, yeah. that was the help. But that's usually the Warriors. And then in the same breath, they're like, well, Steph's hurt you, jackasses. Like, he didn't. It's yep. like, was he hurt? Because he was shimming his ass off a minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was, let me roll my ankle, Reggie Miller, but then hit the game-winning three off a push-off on Jordan and then run down the court and twirl in a circle like my ankle's fine. That's what Steph <laughs> is. And I just, again, and I've said this before on this pod, like, I don't mind the Warriors. I am not an idiot. They are very good. I actually so really good. like Draymond a lot. Like, cause yeah. he's re- so I like Draymond because he's an actual, in my opinion. They don't have Draymond. They don't win a lot of their championships. I don't think they so. don't get as far as they do. I, I really believe that. And he's and the most games, relatable. He has Seventeen dude. rebounds. It's crazy. 
Oh yeah, I mean he's he's a monster, and he's yeah. to me the most relatable guy. Like Steph Curry has all these commercials, like everyone doubted me. It's like, dude, your dad was in the NBA for like fifteen years. Stop. Yeah, no one. Clay Thompson, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, social commentary aside, it's just like, okay, I don't like the Warriors. It's just sports. I don't have to like them. Like, quit trying to convince right. me with stats and numbers. Well, really, they're actually the best team that's ever. It's like, I don't give a shit. I don't like when I was a kid, <laughs> I knew the teams that I liked and I knew I hated these teams. Why? Because they were beating my team. And that's what right. it was. And that's what I think yep. of sports now. Like, I'm not trying to, don't give me stats on why the Warriors, I should root for them. No, no. I hate them even more now for you telling me that. Like, yep. that's what I'm here for. That's Your stats have, have made me hate them more. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, so I, I, I liked your point a second ago with Chris Paul defending Kevin Durant and PJ Tucker getting in the airspace a little bit. Um, shout out to the University of Texas. Uh, yeah. It, um, it, it made me think a little. This is not this is not apples and you know apples to apples or whatever the saying is, but it made me think a little of LeBron and JJ Barea. Obviously, this is different, but I I like. The oh, that's interesting. That, yeah, that's that good. Was, uh, yeah, he's getting he's getting up in Durant. Force, I mean, he's strong enough to kind of keep it's Durant. It's almost at like pace. yeah, it's almost like he doesn't know what to do. Right, he's he's right. tentative to kind of go around him because he may draw that charge and get the ball swiped from him. And obviously, uh, CP3 is stronger than Durant, so there's even more of that kind of uh, bow guarding that uh, that CP3 is doing. Which I like, which is effective. Now, it's not going to work all game, and Durant's going to rise up. Right, and right, right. Six, nine, air quotes. So it's going to be an impossible stop when he gets to his peak. Uh, but, yeah, but I, I noticed that in game four. I was like, oh, this is actually – this this will work for some possessions, though, right? And like you say, I, and I think that's what happened to LeBron. He got out of hand in that finals in 2011. But I think that's what happened to him. Like, Berea is kind of there, and he's not really sure – do I post him? Do I do I try the jumper? Cause, yeah, because it, it may have been maybe maybe we're talking ten to fifteen possessions so far in both scenarios where that player is guarding that player. So everyone looks at it like, oh, well, CP3 shutting Durant down or Berea shutting down LeBron. Not the case, but they just really look confused. It's more that than because when Tucker's on him on the wing, I do see Durant a little more aggressive trying to get to the rim or maybe a pull-up. But when he's on the block and CP3's on him, I mean, he, he's kicked out a few times. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. And I yeah. – you know what's funny? Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was, I was agreeing. Oh, I, I was just thinking it's interesting to watch that dynamic with Durant and Curry because obviously Golden State – the fans, uh, Oracle fans, love them from Steph, right? It's all right. about Steph. Uh, but Durant's the best player. Like, yep. that's not even close. Not even close to me. Uh, I mean, if you told me Durant was the best player in the NBA, I wouldn't – I mean, I would argue. Well, there's, a, there's an argument for it. I mean, LeBron has right. to play the way he is just to stay in the conversation. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not – like, that guy is – I don't know what this series would be without Durant. It's not even – I mean, geez – uh, and, and a couple times, I think about Game Three, like Durant stemmed the tide and, and kind of stemmed the tide until Curry got going in the third. Curry had an awful first half. I mean, it wasn't. So it know. seems to me like, for fluidity's sake, Golden State maybe is better without Durant, just as as running as a unit in their offense, because that's just what they were used to prior to Durant getting there. They'll they'll never be a seventy three win team with Durant uh, in the regular season, but when Durant's there, they're a better team and. One thing I have noticed, though, is that it's so much more ISO dependent when Durant's on the floor. And then Curry almost becomes just sort of a cog in the machine. He sort of just runs around screens almost as 
maybe uh, not necessarily a decoy, but almost a decoy. Uh, he's right. going to get his three-point attempts, but his role really is more relegated to what Clay kind of does for them when Durant's on the court. And it's very weird to be like, wow, this guy was the first unanimous MVP, and he just sort of runs around sometimes. We forget right. he's on the court occasionally. It's like it's, – it's, it's as if Durant, when you look at it, it's more like Durant upgraded – I mean, it's like people like Durant joined the 73-110, but it's more like Durant upgraded his – OKC team. He's like, this is what I've been doing. Yeah. I need better guys to kick it out to, right? Like, yep. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. It is a better OKC team, yeah. <laughs> it's more like uh, that. A more like, agreeable point guard. It's right. the second it's like, best player is just a more agreeable player. Let me show you what I can do with people that'll, you know, play this yeah. game the right way. Dray- so. Draymond's an upgraded uh, Stephen Adams. Uh, I mean, I would, Westbrook I is still probably better than Curry, but... Uh, so, so that's the action. Uh, um, prediction will go hot take on this on this series. What do you think happens? We got best two out of three. Rockets have two of those at home. I think my opinion is really important for the Rockets to win this game five. Not so much yes. for the Golden State Warriors, but I think the Rockets need this one. Uh, who do you think pulls it out? Oh yeah, if the Rockets don't win, I don't see them turning around and winning game six in Golden State at all, uh, especially for a closeout game. What I want to happen is a Rockets Cleveland finals. Oh, that'd be great. What I think is going to happen is Boston Warriors final. And what I fear would happen would be a Boston and Rockets final. Uh, I think that Houston, their best chance that they're ever going to have, obviously, is to win this swing game. And I think it's something like 86% of the teams that win game five to go up 3 2 end up winning the series, some, or 76%, some, some higher number. Um, but it would be one of those weird scenarios where if Houston does win tonight, nobody's counting out Golden State. But if Golden State sure. wins tonight, nobody's saying Houston has a chance. So this is the best chance for Houston to at least get it to a game seven. And if it's a game seven in Houston, it's a crapshoot, and I would be hoping like hell that Houston wins it. Here, here, brother. And I, so what I was going to say, a little callback to what we were talking about earlier, the one scenario where LeBron stays in Cleveland is if Houston beats Golden State. Because if that happens, uh, depending on what the front office does, and maybe Golden State, or even, sorry, LeBron looks at the math and says, ah, so, you know, they, you know, to quote the movie 300, you know, they do bleed. The God does bleed, right? Um so, but you to know, quote, but to quote you a couple of months ago, you still have absolutely no worry if it's Houston, Cleveland, and the finals. Oh yeah, no, none whatsoever. Still, well, I mean, this is pre-Lebron. I mean, he just did a runoff bank shot on the Raptors a few months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, this is this is pre-demigod Lebron. <laughs> I still say Houston. I still say Houston gets okay, it. Okay. Okay. But interesting. Um, see, I, I see. So you think that if so, does LeBron leave Cleveland if Boston wins the championship? Um, does Kyrie stay in Boston if Boston wins the championship? I think if Golden State does not win the championship, Cleveland has a case to say this is what we're going to do this summer. Because Kevin Love, I mean, I think Kevin Love, one thing that's come out of this playoff. I feel like Kevin Love's starting to look like old Kevin Love from Minnesota, the Kevin Love that LeBron thought he was getting when he came back to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think Cleveland could say, hey, we're going to package this uh, this pick. We're going to get you another star. You'll stay in the East. 
all your stuff's here anyway. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and you can just, I mean, if, if Houston can get these guys, then you can too, right? If Boston can get these guys and you can too, I think any scenario when with the Warriors not winning actually helps Cleveland's case to say, look, we've got to tinker. We'll keep Larry Nance jr. We'll keep the ones we want. The guys we don't, we'll get them out of here and we'll tinker with this a bit. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. I, I, I think yeah, I mean, technically thing. with that player option, LeBron can just play one more season in Cleveland and can do something next year after the season. Exactly. Which is what he should have done after the championship, but you know, I, that's true. And then, and then, and then what happens is CP three's contracts over after next season. Is that right? Yep. And then mm-hmm. I believe Mellows is also after next season and the banana boat happens. <laughs> I'm starting to think though, by the way, I think LeBron says all this stuff when the guys are at dinner, but he's like texting, texting his agent, like, do not. Tend oh, no. The, yeah. CP3 is the only person that he probably wants to play with at this time. Wade, Wade is washed. Mello's washed. He sent Wade back to Miami. Yeah, he, he said, look, go have a good homecoming. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um well that that should be exciting and the final start next thursday uh may 31st so it should be exciting to see uh where we land on this um but we will know our participants uh by the end of uh Memorial what, what's Day what's your what's your preference though do you do you hope that it's houston and boston for houston's sake i you, you don't worry about boston at all i so Here's the thing. Like, uh, so my choice is Houston to go all the way and win it. And of course, right. you know, put that trophy next to the Astros trophy and I don't know, start rooting for the Texans. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> or the dynamo, I guess to add that to the Houston collection. Um, so that's the preference. Uh, next in order is uh, LeBron, of course. Um, okay. And then I would love, so Houston, Boston, I'm, I'm rooting for Houston, right? Of course. And I'd love that. I'd actually like that series. I think it'd be pretty fun. But oh man, if it's Boston Golden State, I will be the hugest Boston fan. Like these scrappy kids, that it's Boston. Well, I've seen two takes. Is it a sweep by Golden State, or is it six or seven Golden State? So Boston, what they have is they got length. They got guys you can switch off on any. Like you can switch everything. And actually, Boston's one right. of the few. T- in the regular season, I know it's not the finals. That actually plays Golden State really well. Well, I, I think I asked that because it's it's assumed that going into this, Cleveland was the better team than Boston. All right. Uh, but if Cleveland goes to play Golden State, well, they're getting swept. Well, then all the all sudden narrative is, well, what if Boston gets past Cleveland, even though Cleveland is better because of LeBron? Well, then how does Boston win a bunch of games from Golden State? And I think you're right. It's the length of youth, and they do play them pretty good in the regular season. And so Western Conference has home court, right? They've both Houston and, right. and okay. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. I, so, uh, man, that would be, that's interesting to watch though. Cause I think Boston actually has the bodies that you say, okay, we can throw six, seven, six, eight, six, nine. What at- about the fact that they're so young? Do you look, do you put any stock into the, well, these guys have never been here before. Look how nervous they're going to be. Because there were some nerves, arguably, when they went to Cleveland up 2-0 to all of a sudden let it be 2-2. But I think that narrative was a little overplayed. I did, too. I because they, just awesome. Because yeah, I think there's some vets in that locker room. There's Mar- uh, Marcus Marcus Morris. Um, and you got Al Horford, Big Al. Right. Um, yeah, I, my guy Bain. Um, yeah, so I think that's overblown. But I will tell you, like, if they're in game one in Oracle and that building is literally shaking, 
but it's that, so weird to see Boston do well and they don't have a just standalone Pierce type character. I mean, Jason Tatum, you'll look at the box score and he'll either have 12 one game or 11 25 one game, but he doesn't feel like the Paul Pierce of the team. It's so spread around, I guess, a credit to to Brad Stevens, but it's maybe Horford's their best player. It's very spread around, though. And that's why I think it's so hard for me to grasp that they're just beating Cleveland so handedly in some of these games. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, that's Cleveland roster. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Before we go and wrap, uh, last time we spoke on the pod, uh, in between time, uh, Destiny arrived, Mr. Green, in the yeah, form yes. of Infinity War. Um, it is Memorial Day weekend. It is almost summer blockbuster season. Um, I want to first get your take on Infinity War. I think you, like I, have seen it multiple times. Have multiple thoughts on this. We've gone back and forth uh, on Twitter and on text messages about our thoughts of the MDU universe. Um, and then also want to get your about last week. And um, we got Venom right around the corner, Man and Wash, a whole lot of blockbusters this summer, but we will start at the top with Infinity War. What was your impressions? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen going forward? So I, I think after uh, Black Panther was previous a few months to Infinity War, and I remember after Black Panther really feeling like uh, Marvel just does these standalone movies so well, even when, yes, they are encompassed in the universe, but their story doesn't have to be necessarily all funneled towards Thanos. Um, it's just they're so good at storytelling on the individual level uh, that I almost kind of figured, you know, you've been building up for 10 years. Yes, the movie's going to be two and a half hours, but how in the world can you fit all these characters in it and still make it a relevant story to where it doesn't look like these main characters like Doctor Strange, etc., just have cameos? Because how can you develop a story so large? And man, they, they really knocked it out of the park. I, Mm-hmm. Thanos became the best villain, even though Marvel is kind of, that's the one knock towards them. They don't really develop their villains very well. Um, but I, I was as impressed with Infinity War as I've ever been for any comic book movie. Um, and maybe maybe it was sort of the backdrop to they have been teasing this since 2012, right. uh, where they first mentioned Thanos. But um there's some debate in the movie. You remember when uh, Doctor Strange said he's calculated 14 million examples and there's only one way for them to be able to uh, win the scenario. And everyone okay. has sort of speculated that that scenario involved Thanos snapping and him giving up his um, time stone. But I think that he actually was referencing the scenario where they had Thanos actually put to sleep and they almost got the glove off of him. And then when that failed, he was out of options. Oh, wow. Look at that. The conspiracy theory. Almost kind of them. And then when Gamora's death was brought up, Star-Lord freaked out. And then that effort was ended. And then he had no choice. Ah, I did not. You know what? I never thought about it that way. I thought, see, I thought of that line, and, and to everyone listening now, yes, Gamora dies. So sorry. The movie's been out for a month. <laughs> Everyone uh, dies, everyone. All right. <laughs> I was thinking that he said, so at the end, when he's talking to Stark and Dr. Strange is like, this is the only way I thought. Yeah. So I was kind of the camp like this. hell had to go down the way it went down. 
in, in the scenario, the one scenario where we win, like the only one where we right. win is where this happened and you got the snap and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that's an interesting, I never thought about it that because way. Because um, if, if him giving up the time stone was the way to win, then he would have just given it to him. There would not have been that fight. So in my mind, the fight had to be, this is where, and, and quite honestly, they did have it. They, they were going to get the glove off of him until Star-Lord freaked out. So I think that that was the way. And then maybe there was a secondary way, but I, I, I don't know if, and we'll see in the next movie if obviously some things will end up working out because everyone has second and third movies coming up. So they have to come back. Uh, maybe it does work out and that was the way that he foresaw, but without that fight scene, I, I don't know why they would have even attempted to fight him if there was no way to win. Right. Um, yeah, good point. See, they just ruined it for me because I'm thinking like, yeah, and I'm like, why would they have that fight if Captain, if Doctor Strange knows what's happening? So, yeah, um, that's a, but that's a fair point. So, obviously, an allusion to the end of the end credit scenes to uh, Captain Marvel, right? Yep. Okay. So that. So yeah, down. Captain Marvel will be the strongest, um, the strongest Avenger, quote unquote, that we've seen so far. They will answer a lot of questions as to which you know why hasn't Captain Marvel been associated with any of the movies if she was so quote-unquote strong. I mean, you've seen Nick Fury up until this point through Avengers 1 all the way forward be worried about every sort of universal threat that happens. So why wasn't Captain Marvel brought in when Loki first attacked New York? I mean, a lot of those questions you probably can't answer because it's just timeline issues that you'll never solve because they didn't see the movie coming out back then. But um, the Captain Marvel movie that will come out next March... Uh, you'll see just how powerful she's essentially the Superman of the Marvel universe. In my opinion, she does everything Superman does, but she can also, um, harness energy, shoot energy, absorb energy. Um, and so just how strong they make her look on, on the screen. We'll, we'll wait and see. No, right. Interesting. No. So, uh, and I also thought, I, I thought it was kind of interesting at the end, and this is something pretty obvious, I'm sure, to other people, but um, at the end, the people who survive the finger snap are, are a set of Avengers from the first Avengers movie. So, you know, however this problem... Yeah, it's all the original cool. characters, minus, minus, I guess, Rocket is still there. The right, Rocket yes. slash Bunny Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so, all original Avengers, and and I do, it, I guess, speculative nature that I have, I, I would say in the scene where Vision is telling Captain America, hey, we need to just destroy this, save, you know, kill me in order to trade off lives for everyone else, and Captain America makes a comment, we don't trade lives. Well, with everyone's contracts coming up, that being Chris Evans, uh, Chris Hemsworth, even though I think he'll continue on. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. I think that that is in fact what will happen. There will be some sort of trading of lives that happens in order to get these new characters that died to come back to life to switch with these old characters. Because it's going to involve the Soul Stone. There isn't just going to be all of a sudden everyone rewind history and now we have a hundred Avengers in the next movie. I mean, <laughs> people, <laughs> people will step away. I also speculate that um, Pepper Potts and Tony Stark, or I like to call them Pepperoni, there you Hollywood, go. Uh, manner, uh, they will have a baby, and that is what will get Tony Stark to step away. Oh, I was going to say the baby's going to be like Thanos or something. So that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then coming down the pipe, uh, like I said, Deadpool did, 2. Did you out. see Deadpool? I'm sorry? Did you see Deadpool 2? 
Not yet. Uh, I got I got the kitties with me, so we actually do have to make that a, a an adult. <laughs> an adult yeah, yeah, viewing. it definitely is not appropriate for them. But it is. I went and saw it Sunday, and it is good. Okay, all right. So that so that's I like it just as much as the first one. Really? Okay. Yeah, uh, it's it's just as good to me. Yeah. I heard Ryan Reynolds on Sway in the morning the other day, and it sounded really good. And he said he teased some some cameos and some things some little treats in the movie so i'm kind of excited about that um well, you, try you to definitely see. notice that it's a bigger budget movie than the first one so yeah, and he made that there. same he made that exact comment he's very much okay. like yeah it's funny who we could get this movie now after as opposed to the first one so, yeah yeah definitely uh man that 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 <laughs> i'm just laughing because i'm thinking deadpool came a long way from what was that the wolverine movie or whatever that was like yeah was they uh and and that reminds me stay through through all of it there's about four end credit scenes oh that are actually i'm, I'm gonna say probably the most satisfying end credit scenes i've ever seen <laughs> in a marvel movie nice <laughs> so good yeah once that's you, awesome and it's not even the very end credit it happens sort of middle credits Oh, beautiful! There are four of them. So, so, so Deadpool's on the list. What are your thoughts on Solo? Um, I have not seen that yet. I, I sort of, I sort of, um, you know, I wasn't a big fan of Rogue One purely because really? I'm more in, I'm more enthralled in the story of Jedi versus Sith than I am all of the characters that make up how Star Wars actually works, and so. Right. Some of the characters that I was least excited about ever learning about, if you could do a solo project, would be Han Solo. I'd be way more interested in a solo Yoda movie or a solo um, Obi-Wan Kenobi movie um, than I was Han Solo. Um, everyone said that everyone does a really good job. Uh, the hottest thing on the market right now is Donald Glover, and so he's the only sort of scenario where I might I see myself uh, buying it on Vudu than I do going to the theater. And really? It. Oh, yeah. a shocker. I'm a little shocked by that. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, same reason. But so I'm all in it too. It's more, my, my son's really, he's a little more Star Warsy than I am. Um, yeah. But yeah, and he like, yeah, that's, uh, but I'm kind of in, I'm all in partly for Donald Glover. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's interesting. I thought, yeah, waiting to waiting to rent it. You're gonna you're gonna save your uh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna save the the ten dollars it is to go see it, and then end up spending twenty to buy it. So they, there's, my, there's my logic right there. What are your thoughts on Venom? Um, it depends on how much. See, I've heard reports that it's either part of the MCU universe or it's not. Um, if it is part of it, then I will be more apt to go see it, but. I've been disappointed in the trailers up to this point. The second trailer was better than the first one because you actually got to see Venom. But um, unless they actually have Tom Holland Spider-Man in this universe, then Venom as a character is not that exciting to me because it's just a symbiote that takes over a body, and that's it. You're going to have the battle between the, the host and the symbiote. Uh, outside of that, if the rumors are true and Tom Holland's Peter Parker makes a... Um, entrance in the movie, then I will go see it. And there's a rumor that Carnage is also the bad guy in that movie, which is a different symbiote than Venom symbiote. So if, if that's a long way to say, I'll go see it if it's part of the universe. If it's not, I probably will end up renting it as well. See, oh man, two rentals in a row. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's interesting because I, and I could be wrong on this, but I thought, 
and it'll be seeing, interesting how this works out because I thought those were two separate entities, the MCU, uh, the MCU universe versus Sony. Because I heard or saw the story when I heard in here, squat. It's all on Twitter. I saw on Twitter one time that there was a report that back in the day when we got the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, Sony was Marvel's like, hey, you guys want to option these off for movies? And Sony's like, ah, we'll take Spider Man. He's the only one that's any good. All these other movies are crap. Or there's a character's crap. We'll take Spider Man. So that's why Sony did the Spider Man and the Spider Man reboot, and I guess Venom, and that's why the MC universe has come into what it has. So I'm right. wondering. So will they, that that will is they that them? is partially right. So the so Sony basically did a deal because they were close to bankruptcy, where uh, they would lend the license of Spider Man, but still have creative control but allow Marvel to get in really on that creative control. That's why we have Spider-Man in the universe now. But you're also right. That doesn't mean that every Sony version of Marvel movies would then be part of the MC universe, because you're right, it's not. That's why I'm waiting to see if Venom, they're actually going to try to have those connective tissues or not. Because one thing I do know that won't happen is they'll develop this Venom movie and then all of a sudden develop a side world where there's another Spider-Man. No, no, not no. They'll, they'll, they'll just stick because there, there, there was sort of a rogues gallery type of villain movie that was supposed to happen between like uh, Doctor Doc Ock. Uh, he was one of the Spider-Man villains back in the Tobey Maguire days. Uh, Venom. Um, uh, missing some of uh, the other villains, but they were supposed to have sort of their own villain universe, and then that kind of got put on hold once all these deals started happening. So to me, it seems like Sony's going to just do a bunch of villain type movies um, that aren't connected <laughs> to to the MCU. Sorry, that sounds like a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a very dumb idea. I wish everything would just be connected to Marvel, and that includes the DC universe, because then maybe they'd have one good movie. Oh man, um, that's right. Well, that's interesting. Uh, and and lastly, connecting our, our Marvel Universe, um, uh, Ant-Man and Wasp comes out this summer. Uh, I am I think I'm going in. I like the first Ant-Man. Uh, I like Paul Rudd. Um, it's weird that he was in Clueless, and I was like 15 when that came out. Um, yeah, it's weird. But, it's weird. But uh, I think that – so I have this theory. One, I want to see that movie just because I think it's all the connective tissue to what I just right. saw in Infinity War. I think that that movie will take place. And then the, I think it'll end or end credit right when Infinity War happens. So I think it'll be something where they do whatever they do, that man and Wasp for two hours, and then the finger snap will happen in the mid credit or end credit scene or something like that. Right. Like it'll talk. Well, we that. do know in Infinity Wars where they said, you know, where is Ant Man? Where is Hawkeye? And they said they took a deal with the government after they were locked up in the end of Civil War and they're on sort of house release, whatever. Right. So they do mention that in the trailer for the new Ant-Man movie. So we know that it does take place at least prior to or as the Thanos events are happening. And right. as you can tell that all the Thanos events could happen and people in New York and the United States also didn't have to be aware of it because Nick Fury wasn't aware of it until the uh, Wakanda. Oh, that's so right. You, you oh, notice right. like everything yeah. could happen and they didn't have to be aware of it. Ah, look at you. Look at you. Look at you, man. Yes, yes. (laughs) They were in Wakanda in space. And so everything on Earth could happen. Everything on Earth, nobody understood or no one knew what was happening. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think there will be some sort of snap sequence or someone fades away. Um, One side note to add the Russo brothers who directed both movies 
um, they had a panel type question and someone asked them, you know, what were the fates of Jane, you know, Thor's love interest? Uh, they mentioned like uh, um, Matt Damon's Loki, you know, in, in Ragnarok. They were asking about all these side characters, uh, Lady Sif. Um, I don't remember who else they asked, but they basically said Matt Damon's character was dead. Um, but that Jane and uh, Korg, if you remember from Ragnarok, that mm -hmm. they would not explain what they were doing because it was too important to the story thread. So oh, wow. That was very interesting. So maybe they're going to be involved in some way. I also, I don't know if this is breaking news or not, because it's probably not breaking news if I saw it on Twitter, um, <laughs> that they did see the actor who played Quicksilver in Age of Ultron on the set for this next Avengers movie. So Ooh. that's two times now where we've seen not only Ant-Man involved in the battle in New York in Avengers 1, now on the scene in that same battle, but also now Quicksilver. Both those characters were not in Avengers 1, so we do know for sure there's something going on time-wise. Look at you, man. The sleuth breaking yeah. the news, cracking the case. Chris Green, our own. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That is good stuff. Um, all right. Well, we will leave it there. So glad to be back uh, recording another great edition of Shuttleworth Initiative Pod. Uh, for Chris Green, I am Jay Christian. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Yep, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, continue to listen. Thanks. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.